This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. And now, a faux fiction audio production, published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Super Guy by Kurt Klopton. Super Guy, the generic alternative. Less superhero hype, same superhero quality. Chapter 22. You know, it's no trouble for me to fly all the way to the front door said Janice with a smile. Oliver couldn't see the smile since he was behind her, but he knew it was there. You really think you're cute, don't you? Huh. Not child actor cute, but superhero cute. Nope, we covered this. Land short and we'll walk in. I've got a tiny bit of dignity left. Soon enough I'll be able to fly and it won't even be an issue. And quit giving me trouble or I won't ask you to any more big parties, no matter how much the mayor begs. Heck, I would have had you land in his backyard if it wasn't so important for him that we'd be noticed in the first place. I understand. My mare's the same way. They love their publicity. Janice swooped down and landed lightly in the street, about a block away from where the lights illuminated the front gates of the mayor's mansion. Paparazzi and fans surrounded the entrance, and a string of limousines crawled along the street as they waited their turn to let out their guests. Oliver didn't want any of the paparazzi getting a photo of him being towed in for the party. It was a little embarrassing, and he was so close to getting his own flying serum. Oliver let go of Janice and straightened his mask, even though it didn't need it. He slapped his gloved hands together and said, Shall we go to the ball? Certainly, said Janice, as they started walking toward the front gates and all the attention. It was a gorgeous night. A full moon floated high in the sky, and occasionally a stray cloud would drift across it for effect. It would have been an even more stunning visual if not for the huge spotlights outside the front gates of the mansion which were lighting up the night like a Hollywood premiere, not to mention the incessant camera flashes. The sound of crickets and other night noises could be easily imagined but they were being drowned out by the noise of the party Oliver and Janice were quickly approaching. And the smell of a late summer night in Wisconsin would have been wonderful, except for all the limousine exhaust. Once they got close enough to the gates to be noticed, Oliver and Janice were surrounded by paparazzi and fans. Camera flashes blinded them while they were simultaneously assailed by a cacophony of yelled questions and sporadic, mindless screaming. Only some of it coming from Oliver. The latter was mostly from the fans, 
although some of the reporters couldn't be ruled out. It's a thin line. There probably weren't that many paparazzi. This was just Milwaukee, after all. But it seemed a few photographers and reporters had made the trip down from Thunder Bay. There was even one reporter and camera crew from a nationally syndicated entertainment show, and the heroes stopped to give them a short interview. Oliver gladly let Janice handle most of the questions, since she was more experienced at this sort of thing, only occasionally throwing in a word here and there when the reporter seemed to require it. After that, they negotiated the rest of the path to the front door, stopping a few times for pictures with fans along the way. It was all very surreal to Oliver. A couple months ago, he might have been watching this on television while sitting on his crappy sofa eating soggy cornflakes. He thought fleetingly about whether that reality might prove to be the better option in the long run, not knowing how this whole hero thing was going to turn out. He could be burnt to a crisp by some fire-powered supervillain next week. Then Oliver looked at Janice, arm in arm with a fan taking a selfie. And it was obvious that walking into the party with the hot girl was way better. No matter how much a guy liked his cornflakes or how soon he was burnt to a crisp. Inside, Oliver got his first opportunity to see the big house did indeed live up to his personal definition of a mansion. With all the attention and the crowds and the flashbulbs and the canopies outside, he hadn't really noticed much about the exterior of the building itself. But inside, things were elegant, upscale, and quite shiny. And quiet. Much more quiet. Apparently, rich folks in tuxes and party dresses didn't make it a habit to scream questions at people about their dates. They had passed through an entryway larger than Oliver's apartment and much better furnished before entering a large ballroom that was the hub of the gathering. Near the front of the ballroom, hallways led off in either direction to what Oliver was certain would be wings of the mansion, while the back wall of the room was mostly windows with numerous doors leading out to the gardens. The mansion had originally been built in 1887 by, no surprise here, a rich guy, someone who had moved up from Chicago after making buckets of money in the mercantile exchange. The ceiling was ridiculously high and gorgeously decorated with leaves and cherubs and other things Oliver couldn't really identify but were probably important parts of the motif. Several chandeliers were spaced throughout the giant room bathing everything in a bright golden glow. Oliver was still staring upward when Janice grabbed his hand and pulled him farther into the party. He hadn't noticed, being all caught up in the ceiling, but the mayor's assistant, Lily, had approached and was leading them to her boss. The mayor was standing amidst a group of people, one of whom was the deputy mayor with his standard sour-looking expression, and some other well-dressed and well-fed members of the city's upper crust. Oliver steeled himself for what he figured was the start of a long night of meeting people who may or may not care if he existed, 
but he did notice a couple of Brewer players, one Buck and even a legendary former Packer quarterback in the room, so maybe he'd at least get to meet them. Here we go, said Janice, who seemed to know what he was thinking. Super guy and Stormfront, said the mayor as they got to him. He shook their hands as if they were his biggest contributors. I am so honored to have you here. I'm especially thankful you could take your time to come down here from Thunder Bay, Stormfront. My pleasure. Uh, here, let me introduce you to a few people, said the mayor, mostly to Janice. Oliver got the feeling he was just along for the ride at this point, but he didn't let it bother him. He wondered if it would be cool for him to sneak off and check out the buffet. He didn't need to eat, but he figured if there was ever going to be a time to simply enjoy food for the sake of food, this might be the buffet. The mayor introduced them to the deputy mayor, a couple of Miller bigwigs, and the manager of the brewers. Oliver wanted to talk to the brewer's manager about why they couldn't find anyone worth a damn to bat lead off. But the mayor didn't dawdle, keeping the group moving along and introducing new people. After several more introductions, the mayor finished with a short man in a tuxedo and gray pinstriped vest with matching bow tie. He had a full head of slicked back white hair set off by dark, intense eyes that stopped just short of beady. He smiled happily as the mayor and heroes approached. Uh, Super guy in Stormfront, I want to introduce Raymond Joyce of Joyce Industries, a very good friend and supporter. (laughs) And an even better contributor. Well, let's just say you're damn good at all those roles. Mr. Joyce owns a number of companies in the city and employs a good number of our city's men and women. And you're the new defender of those citizens, said Joyce, reaching out to shake Superguy's hand. A real pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, Mr. Joyce. This is Stormfront. Mr. Joyce shook hands with Janice as the mayor excused himself to speak with another nearby group. Mr. Joyce turned his attention back to Oliver. So, how are you coping with your new position? Up to speed on everything? Ah, well... Getting there. Learning as I go, to say the least, said Oliver, smiling at Janice. She had received more than her share of calls for advice in these first few weeks. Really? Not as simple as throwing on the suit and running around? (laughs) Not as simple as that. But Oliver's picking it up quite quickly. If by picking it up you mean getting knocked all over downtown by the occasional supervillain, then sure, I'm a natural. From what I've been told, you've acquitted yourself quite admirably in that fight, even coming out the victor despite the odds. Yeah, I I wonder what those were. I would have liked to put some money on it. About 83,406 to 1. Um, but that's just a rough guess. Really? That's rough? I wouldn't have thought the odds were that good. I would be offended at that if I didn't completely agree. Hopefully next time I can get the odds a little more close to even. (laughs) A little more time and experience, and I'm sure you will. But, of course, if they were in your favor, then it wouldn't have been quite as heroic, either. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you, Stormfront, and you, Superguy. I will not monopolize your time, as I'm sure the mayor will want you back soon enough. Joyce shook Janice's hand and turned back to Oliver to shake his. I do look forward to having you in our city, especially once you've reached your full potential, as it were. With that, the diminutive man turned and disappeared into the crowd. Hmm. Neat little guy. 
Yeah, if by neat you mean a little off. Well, sure, but how many of these people haven't seemed a little off? I don't think their interpersonal skills are the best when dealing with us common folk. It can be difficult to have a conversation with someone who doesn't sleep on a pile of money when they go home. I suppose that's true. Oh, it's gotta be hard, said Oliver, looking around the room. He spotted Roger and Emma over by one of the garden doors. He grabbed Janice's hand and guided her that way. What are you two doing here? He asked once they reached them. Why not? said Roger, sipping a drink as his eyes scanned the room. An impressive feat for him, considering Janice was right there. Sure, I got us invitations after you pestered me about them nonstop from the moment you heard about the party. This kind of thing is a perk of the job. Emma nodded begrudgingly. Well, it's not bad, but I can't afford this dress and it's going to cost me a favor with Lily. Not to mention, she didn't even give us invitations with a plus one. Just us only. I had to walk in with him. Hey, easy there. I'm not that bad. This tux is a pretty good quality rental. I won't even hold you to leaving with me if you find something better. At least I won't pass up this opportunity. Classy. Hey, before I forget, said Emma, smacking Oliver on the shoulder. I got a new landline put in for a phone in your room at the garage and gave the number to your mother. She keeps calling and I'm tired of taking messages. Not your secretary, remember? I hooked up an answering machine, so now she's all yours. Ah, great. At least I was smart enough not to give her the number for the communicator. Just make sure you call her or answer the phone once in a while, or I'm betting she'll be back to calling me. Then I might just give her the communicator number. Be a good superhero, Oliver. Call your mother. I will, I will. It's just been a little busy, and most of her calls are about her book now. She keeps asking about things I don't remember. I I don't think she remembers. It's got to be tough to write an autobiography if you don't remember anything. I'm beginning to think that she was doing a little drinking back when I was growing up. Can't blame her, said Roger, still scanning the crowd with his coolest cool guy smile. There's more. A call from someone named Kate? She took a drink of champagne, trying to hide a slight smile. Really? Said Roger, turning back to their conversation. Ah, that's interesting. Who's Kate? Asked Janice picking up on Roger's sudden interest. Nobody. She's not nobody. She's Oliver's ex. Dumped him right before he won the lottery here. I bet she's kicking herself for that. Doesn't matter now, does it? Well, she just said she wanted to talk. She said you two were... close. Alright, alright, enough already. We weren't that close. She dumped me via voicemail, if you must know. I'm sure if we were more serious, she would have gone to the trouble of a text with emojis. Oliver grabbed a glass of champagne off a tray a waiter was offering. He drained it and looked at the empty glass. Man, I sure wish this had an effect. It might make you guys more bearable. And you, he said, looking at Janice. You don't need to be helping them. You, you should know better. Isn't there a superhero code or something? Yes, but I believe there's an ex-girlfriend clause. Relax, super guy. Just tugging on your cape. One last thing. How do you feel about doing a reality show? Oliver just looked at her without answering. Not sure if she was serious. No way! Roger looked back and forth between Emma and Oliver. Really? Apparently. I got a call from a cable network about it today, and then someone called from the superhero union. Seems like they're kind of behind it. Think it will be good publicity. 
The network wants to begin filming right away, get in with a brand new hero. See what it's like for someone just starting out. Oh, great. So every single time I get blown up, it'll be on camera. Not just every other time. You are a natural at getting blown up. Come on, you've got to do it. It'll be great. Great for you. You'll get on television and you won't get blown up. That depends. I'd consider getting blown up too, if the money was right. You've got to do it, Oliver. You, you think it's a good idea? Oh, no, definitely not. But you heard Emma, the union supports it. And that means they want you to do it, which means you have to do it. Janice shrugged at him sympathetically. Have to? Yes, unless you want whatever cooperation or equipment you get from them now to suddenly become much harder to get. They can be real jerks sometimes. Wait, the warehouse? They take away the warehouse? Yes, definitely. You won't be able to get anything if they aren't happy with you. Equipment, intelligence, enhancements. She let that last word linger there. Flying? They take the flying away? I've heard worse. But we've already ordered it. But we don't have it yet. <sighs> well, I guess I'm doing a reality show now. From superhero to reality show star. It's hard to believe that I've become a loser quite so quickly. Come on, it'll be fun, said Roger, clearly happy with the decision. Besides, you've always been a loser. Dressing up in spandex didn't change that. Thanks, buddy. Look, I'm going to run to the little superhero's room. I'll be back in a minute. Oliver started off through the crowd, wondering how different it would be with cameras following him all the way to the bathroom, too. He found the men's room and stepped up to a urinal, thinking it was a little strange to have a bathroom with urinals in your house, but there must be some exceptions if your house was a mansion. He also appreciated the fact that the costume makers at the Department of Superhero Funding were good enough to give him a fly to use in situations like this. Of course, it was designed so well he didn't even realize there was a fly to use for the first three weeks. But now, things were much easier. Number two wasn't so simple. Oliver's thoughts were interrupted by another party attendee stepping up to the urinal beside him. Hmm, we meet again so soon, super guy. <laughs> Small world. Mr. Joyce, said Oliver with a nod, mostly directed at the wall in front of him since eye contact at a urinal was a difficult proposition. An awkward silence followed. How do you handle the relationship? Asked the billionaire CEO. If you don't mind me asking. The what? The relationship with the woman you're here with. The tall one. Oh, Janice. Uh, Stormfront. I don't know if you could call it a relate. I don't mind telling you. And I have a little difficulty talking to women. Joyce shook his head as he stared at the wall. We're both in the same sort of positions, really. Powerful men. A bit of fame. It's hard to have a normal relationship with someone. Hard to even know how to approach a woman. Uh, sure. Well... I don't know that- How did you go about asking your young lady out? I suppose I just asked her. But this is a special function and the mayor wanted her to attend as well. I guess that made it easier. I kind of had an excuse. He walked over to the sink to wash his hands. Right. Right. Excellent idea. Of course, she's a superhero, so it makes sense. I doubt the mayor would care either way if a waitress came. A waitress? Joyce shook his head. Doesn't matter. 
he said, zipping up and heading to the sink also. I guess I missed my chance. Might have been a pretty impressive first date. Well, said Oliver, trying to follow the man's train of thought. Um, I guess it's a bit over the top, really. Maybe she, the waitress, would have appreciated something a little lower key. I know I'm not used to this kind of thing. Good point. Still, it was an opportunity. I hate to miss opportunities. Never know how many I'll get. Joyce dried his hands on a paper towel and dropped it in the trash can. Hmm. Well, I look forward to seeing you again, super guy. Thanks for the advice. You're welcome, replied Oliver, not really sure he had given much in the way of advice. He watched the short man leave, dropped his own paper towel in the trash, and went out the door. Weaving his way back through the crowd, Oliver spotted Janice near where he had left her, but Roger and Emma were gone. Where'd the kids go? He asked as he walked up. I think the pull of the buffet became too much for Roger to resist, and Emma went along for logistical support. I think he needed her to carry an extra plate or two, answered Janice. She looked around the room for a second and then nodded at the door leading out to the gardens. Hey, you want to take a little walk? I'm getting a little tired of being... Leered at? Yeah, pretty much. The two superheroes stepped through the nearest door onto the biggest patio Oliver had ever seen in his life. He would have thought it a terrible waste to cover up so much grass with stone, but he saw the size of the garden beyond and figured the green space was holding its own. There were other people talking in small groups here and there, and a few people, mostly couples, were strolling through the garden. It was still warm, and a slight breeze rustled the leaves of the nearby trees. If I were a gentleman, I would offer you my coat, or at least my cape. But I've got nothing. I realize we don't feel the temperature, but I would still like to seem like a smooth operator. Were you a smooth operator before you became a superhero? Asked Janice, as they walked down steps into the garden. They passed a couple walking hand in hand, and so totally absorbed in their conversation with each other, they didn't notice the two superheroes. The muted conversations and footsteps of the other people walking among the meticulously manicured hedges and trees seemed to float by from all directions. Janice turned down a secluded and empty path. Oh, God, no. Not a smooth anything. Definitely not. But I think once in a while, if the planets were aligned, just so I could pull off a decent line or two. Maybe seem like an okay enough guy. I got dates. And one of those dates was this Kate. Yeah. But you weren't terribly close. Even less than I thought. That's too bad. Said Janice, brushing her hand against some leaves on one of the hedge walls as they walked along. Actually, I don't think so. Not much at all. I'll just write it off as experience. I'm not smooth, but I'm hoping to bumble my way towards a little closeness again someday. Not smooth, huh? (laughs) Said Janice, stopping and stepping in close to Oliver. Their bodies touched just barely. I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Well... I'll I'll work on my self-confidence, said Oliver as he leaned in to kiss her. Just as his lips touched hers, there was a blinding flash. Oliver's first thought was this was one of those kisses that came with fireworks, but 
He and Janice broke apart amidst a few more flashes, which he now recognized as cameras. Two of them operated by paparazzi, who now pushed farther out of the bushes in which they had just been hiding. Oliver was just beginning to think about how he should handle this when Janice grabbed him and flew up into the night sky, quickly leaving the cameras, garden, and mansion far below. And Oliver had to admit, kissing while floating high above the night-shrouded earth was pretty cool. You have been listening to Super Guy by Kurt Klopton, a faux fiction audio production published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Look for the sequel to Super Guy coming this September. This recording, characters, and the situations within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. If you wish to listen to more episodes in advance, search patreon.com, then faux fiction audio, and sign up to be a monthly patron. Or stay tuned until the next week for your free episode. We will see you then. This is an urgent message from Cypher. On undergoing various uh, undergoings for the evil plan, it has come to my attention that these children, these voices, have risen in a mutiny against us. This, of course, is suboptimal. They must be stopped at all costs. I think I speak for all mankind when I say the evil plan must continue. <laughs> yes, it must. <laughs> anyway, we have set up a trap for these kid agents, and they will be dealt with soon enough. Don't believe me. Just listen. I'm just gonna cut one of them! No, wait! Why haven't they reported in for the past two days? Two of your agents have been injured in the line of duty. Oh my god, Josh, are you okay? Miss, miss, can you please step back? Say something comforting to Josh. Better you than me? Many believe Wordtastic Podcast to be the greatest podcast of all time. And season two bears no exception. We'll have more action. More laughs. <laughs> what is wrong with you? More drama. For now, kid agents, for now.